It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Locked on Vikings, Locked on Podcast Network. On a Friday, Sam Ekstrom Sage Rosenfels back with you. Subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave a rating if you please. You can follow on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom at Sage Rosenfels 18. Sage, I was looking through our archives, and we've been doing this now as of Wednesday for six months. Not bad. We, we hit the six-month wow. anniversary. We're still together. We've survived uh, so far. Well, you do it every day. I only do it three days a week. So uh, it's impressive that you uh, get the Vikings information out to everybody who's a Vikings fan who wants to know what's going on on the Daily Beat. And It's nice to have these daily podcasts rather than just something once a week to go over all the things that uh, may pop up during the course of seven days. Well, thanks for the kind words. We try to stay on top of things here on Lockdown Vikings. And the latest breaking news, the Vikings are going to hire Daryl Hazel as their wide receiver coach. Quick bio on Mr. Daryl Hazel. He is a former Purdue head coach. He actually got axed recently in Purdue. He had one of the lower winning percentages in Purdue history as a head coach. But he has been a wide receivers coach at the college level for many, many years, particularly at Eastern Illinois, Western Michigan, Army, Rutgers, and Ohio State. This is his first professional job, but Daryl Hazel, 52-year-old man, uh, now becoming the Vikings wide receivers coach. Any familiarity with Daryl? No, I've never overlapped with him. I never heard of him uh, other than when he was the Purdue head coach. Uh, You know, I live in Big Ten, Big 12 country over here in Omaha, so uh, I do get to watch some Big Ten games, and and I know I'm do, I do know that uh, Purdue struggled this year. Uh, I, it sounds like this is his first time in the NFL, uh, which is interesting because he's replacing George Stewart, who is you know was an NFL head coach or a head coach, a wide receivers coach for a very very long time, two or three decades, and so uh, they go from that position being an old time NFL coach to uh, somebody new in this uh, this type of business. So you know I, you wonder what the uh, what the overlap is, uh, usually it's either the coordinator or the head coach. Uh, somebody on that offensive staff has probably coached with him before and obviously feels good about uh, what they can bring to the table. So if you just think through some of the offensive position groups, you've got new running backs coach Kennedy Palomalu, new tight ends coach Clancy Barone, you've got Stefanski, now the new quarterbacks coach, and you've got a coordinator who's been there half a season and now a new wide receivers coach Daryl Hazel. Tony Sperano is basically the longest tenured position coach on the offense, and he's been there for one year. There's a ton of movement. 
Well, you wonder if this is going to be one of those situations where you have a defensive head coach and uh, the other side of the ball really struggles. The defense is, is not the issue on this football team. The offense is, and the question is, is it the coaching? Uh, is it the players? Or is it a mix of both? And as you pointed out right now, they're, they've had a lot of movement along that offense. Actually, you know, Stefanski has been there a really long time. He's, my guess, is the longest coach in that entire organization that's been there because really he's been there since the early Brad Childress days mm -hmm. uh, as Childress's right-hand man as his assistant uh, and then slowly moved into the coaching ranks and has been bouncing around that coaching staff for you know over a decade now and uh, is settled in at quarterback's coach, which means he's one, one step from coordinator. So uh, he obviously is somebody that's very valuable to the team, uh, whoever the head coach is or not. Total non sequitur here, but you mentioned Childress and it kind of piqued my interest. Uh, did you see that he recently got named the assistant head coach to Andy Reid? And do you think that Childress has another head coaching job someday in his future? I don't think so. Uh, it didn't seem like things went very well for the Vikings, despite the fact that he won a lot of football games. You know, you have to really rub people the wrong way if you go to a, an NFC championship game and then literally in the middle of the following year, you get fired. That just does not happen very often. Uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh went to a couple championship games in a row uh, and then was pretty much fired or left, uh, you know, the following year. But, you know, I think really more fired out in San Francisco. So, you know, we all know Jim Harbaugh rubs people the wrong way, but he also wins wherever he goes. So, you know, possibly, uh, but my guess is that those people interview, you know, Rick Spielman and, and uh, the Wills. Uh, and talk around people around the Vikings, probably talk of Brett Favre and, and some of the key players on that team, and uh, they'll probably get information where he won't get hired again, is my guess. It was curious how Childress basically improved every single year. He was the head coach, got to the NFC title game, and then the next year he's gone. Just wanted to get your thoughts there. Back to the Vikings, though, you know, with all this coaching movement, you've obviously got a lot of new voices providing fresh insights, perhaps, for all of these players, and you've obviously had a bunch of different coaches in your career. When you had a new voice coming in, or maybe you're going to a new situation, or someone else is coming into your current team and providing some new coaching advice or techniques, what have you, did you feel like you responded well to that? And do players in general like having those fresh voices? Yeah, for me, it was all about uh, your respect is automatically earned if I can tell you really know what you're talking about and you're open to suggestions. I think you know the NFL is different than college. You've got players who have been other places, who have been around, who have put a lot of time, a lot of work, and uh, if a coach comes in and acts like he knows absolutely everything uh, and doesn't uh, and take any sort of, you know, whether advice or uh, uh, curiosity by the players, I think the players usually don't like you know, that type of coach. But if you know what you're talking about, and the players can see that by the way you design routes, by the way you uh, coach individual technique, the players will feel that immediately uh, and they will give you the respect uh, right off the bat. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.
If I could pinpoint one area where maybe the Vikings didn't really have great forethought, it's that they they put so many former head coaches, and and I think we we all thought this was going to work out great, and it didn't. But when you've got former head coach Sperano, you know, former head coach Turner and Shermer and Zimmer, you had so many powerful personalities in that room and people who've been entrenched in their philosophies for so long. I wonder if they had issues cooperating last season, and now they've gone more in a direction where you've got generally lifetime position coaches, guys who are now going to be kind of moving laterally instead of moving down in in the chain of command. So I wonder if this is a better system where you've got clear roles, whereas last year you might have had some ego jockeying in those coaches' meetings. Well, it sounds like you're talking about the – the conversation of, of too many chiefs and not enough Indians, or uh, I'm sure that's politically incorrect, but uh, you, you, there are a lot of people trying to cook that meal uh, on that football team in the past. And now it sounds like uh, they're, they're cutting back a little bit on that. And, and, you know, North Turner has a strong personality. He's been around a long time. Uh, he's, you know, he, he knows what he believes in and he's going to stick to it. And, uh, and obviously Zimmer went in a different direction. I think the, the real interesting hire amongst this whole, uh, thing the last couple of years is when they went out and got Pat Shermer, they went out and got a guy who one was a head coach, uh, but two was an offensive coordinator a lot in his past, uh, but also was an offensive coordinator from a different system, a different philosophy than North Turner. So just off the bat, those two uh, had different views of, of where and, and how they saw the game of football, how they saw offense. And so that is not surprising that those two, and I'm not saying they didn't get along. I know none of that information, but that their offensive systems and beliefs, core beliefs were not to on par. And obviously they may have had a uh, sort of a battle there. And, and Zimmer looks like he, he chose Pat Shermer. I mean, we're looking what, three, three, four months ago now, right? And, uh, but mm-hmm. it looks like, you know, Pat Shermer won that because it seems like Zimmer probably believed that, you know, uh, the offensive line was struggling. Pat had a better understanding of the quick passing game, the wide receiver screen game, you know, things like that to get the ball out and, and keep uh, Sam Bradford upright. So it is interesting when you have a whole bunch of head coaches. Usually they say that's good uh, you know, for a young head coach or for a first-time head coach like a Kyle Shanahan, but maybe not so good for someone like Zimmer who has now been a head coach for a couple of years and just been around the NFL for such a long time. Yeah, we're really going to see how Zimmer responds to managing people here in the next year with all these new faces. How is he going to get them incorporated and make them feel valued? We're going to do our FAs of the day. We discussed a couple Cincinnati guys yesterday with Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler we touched on. We'll get more into that uh, next week. But I wanted today kind of talk about this running back free agent class with you, Sage, and I'll run some names by you. I'd say the MO of this class are basically 30-plus-year-old running backs who probably had their finest moments behind them trying to just get a job. You've got... Danny Woodhead, 32, Rashad Jennings, 31, D'Angelo Williams, Chris Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt, all these guys 30 or above and all free agents. If the Vikings are going to part ways with Adrian Peterson and that much is yet to be seen, I can't really see them going with another aging back. Can you? No, I don't think so. I think they would go young, uh, younger at that position. I, I think more importantly, if you look at the the way running the running back position has evolved in the NFL, it's not nearly as much a hand it to somebody and give them 25 to 30 carries a game. What Adrian Peterson sort of, sort of has been for the Vikings for, for a decade now. Uh, they usually get 
either a couple of guys, they usually have two guys, maybe even three guys, uh, and usually a couple of them are almost as much a wide receiver threat uh, as much as a running back threat. Um, and, you know, guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield, guys like McKinnon uh, who can run option routes, uh, who can beat a linebacker one-on-one on a wheel route. Uh, if you look at what New, New, the New England Patriots did, you look at what the Green Bay Packers did as the year went on once Eddie Lacy uh, and, and James Starks went down, uh, those running backs that can be multifaceted, that can not just run the ball but catch the ball in the backfield and, and also pass protect. I will say, uh, and I know Ganey Woodhead fairly well. He lives here in Omaha, fairly close to me. I'm actually going to see him tomorrow. Oh. I, th- I think he would be a very good addition. I'll have to talk to him about the, his, his, his free agent prospects, but I think he'd be a, a very good addition for, for any football team. He's coming off an ACL surgery. Uh, I've seen videos of, it, of him rehabbing and stuff, but here's a guy that can step into any offense. Uh, everywhere he's ever been, teams love him, quarterbacks love him, coordinators love him because he does everything right. He can pass protect. Uh, and he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. And you can give him the ball 10 or 15 times a game if you need to do that too. So uh, I think that type of running back is more of the future uh, than the old school Adrian Peterson types or just hand the ball off 25 times a game. Well, you can tell Danny that if he comes on our podcast once a week, we will provide only positive coverage of Danny Woodhead. <laughs> Maybe leverage that situation. No fake news here. No fake news. None just positive all. coverage. Nothing negative. A <laughs> um, couple guys, 27 and under. Let me just run them by you. Let me know if any of these names pique your interest. Denard Robinson, Latavius Murray, Kristen Michael, Eddie Lacy, Robert Turbin, and then the wild cards, Le'Veon Bell, who is only 24 and wants gigantic money. I mean, a couple guys there who've had some starting roles on their teams, particularly Latavius Murray. I guess the question is, how much are the Vikings willing to pay at running back? And, and are they going to actually give a guy a bunch of money to be a feature back? Or are they going to go the cheap route, kind of like New England has the past handful of years? I, I don't see them giving big money to any of those guys. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, he's not going anywhere. I, I can only imagine he's going to find a way to stick around Pittsburgh. I, he's he's a premier back. He's a, one of the best running backs in the NFL, in my opinion, if not the best running back in the NFL. He can do so many things. He can carry the ball 25 times a game, and he can beat you out of the backfield, uh, catch the ball uh, from the quarterback. So he is the premier back of the group, obviously. Uh, none of the other backs really uh, piqued my interest that much. Uh, I'm sure the Vikings will uh, you know, take a peek at a couple of them. Now, you can sign running backs now. It's, it used to be a, a marquee position, but you can sign these guys for you know, $2 million bucks a year, maybe $3 million bucks a year, uh, maybe even less, uh, because it's just one of those positions that's no longer a, a highly valued position as far as price. It's an important position, but there seems to be a lot of them, and you can get them in the draft, you can get them in free agency. Uh, they do they do come available, and they also come with a lot of times a lot of baggage, a lot of injuries at that position. Yeah, I mean, if I were to, to handicap it, I would say McKinnon stays around. They probably let Asiata walk, bring in a guy for, for very little money from the draft, and maybe add a veteran. And then you've got three guys who can duke it out. You've also got C.J. Ham from the practice squad. You're not going to spend much at the position, maybe spend it on that offensive line, and that's probably your most likely off-season formula at running back if you're the Minnesota Vikings. But whatever they do at running back, they have to fix the offensive line first, or they could bring in Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson and everybody else combined, and they won't do anything amongst that offensive line from last year.
Time for our Friday staple. It's Frugal Fridays, and we're talking about money. We're talking about contracts, and this is the time of year when a lot of guys are hoping to get their second contracts. You know, with rookies, so many of these guys, and I don't want to say this isn't a lot of money because it is. I mean, some guys they make two, three million on that rookie deal, um, but the second contract is twice that in one season, and these guys really make life-changing money in deal two. Would you say that that everyone's kind of playing for that second contract to really set themselves up for their entire lives? Because you're probably not going to make it for your entire life on just a a small rookie deal. No, usually those rookie deals, unless you're a first-round draft pick, maybe a second-round draft pick, do you make enough money to sort of set you up for a while? Uh, You'd be surprised how quickly a million dollars goes in this day and age in life. And uh, yeah, I think we all understand that and all appreciate that now. It sounds like a lot of money, but it's not going to set you up for the next 50 or 60 years. Uh, you're trying to get to that second contract. The problem is the average NFL life's uh, um, uh, expectancy for a player, uh, uh, or career expectancy, I should say, is you know three and a third season. So most players don't get to that second contract. Uh, for those who do, it's an ex- extremely important uh, you know, time in their life. It might be the biggest contract of their, their entire career, probably will be the biggest contract of their entire career. Usually within those first four years, you prove and you show how good you are to everybody. Uh, and uh, sort of your, that's your resume. Your resume is out there. So rarely does a player just do okay the first four years, get just sort of a whatever second contract, then all of a sudden blow up. Usually if they're good enough to make it in the NFL and make big dollars, they've earned it or proved it in that first four years, and they get paid in that second contract. So for you, that was in Houston, right? You signed a four-year deal with them? Yeah, so I had an unusual situation where I did not play almost at all for four years, just a little bit here and there, a lot of preseason time. This is back in the day when they kept uh, three quarterbacks. There wasn't much of a practice squad quarterback situation on most teams. Almost everyone kept three. So I pretty much rode the bench, got in a little spot time here and there at the end of blowouts or something. Uh, play started my the, my first ever start was the fourth game I'm sorry the last game of my fourth season and did okay in that game threw for a lot of yards but had had three interceptions uh, Jason Garrett at that time was my backups quarterbacks coach the next uh, backup quarterback the next year became my quarterbacks coach and uh, and he convinced Nick Saban to bring me back just on a one year deal so that's a situation where I did sign a one year deal to come back then in that one year played. Uh, and played pretty well. Uh, had a couple starts. I uh, had a couple times where I came in for second halves of games and played well. And then I got what you know, my one of my bigger uh, backup quarterback uh, uh, contracts. Really, my my second contract, you could say, uh, was a four-year deal over there in Houston. Well, now that we've hit the six-month plateau on Locked On Vikings, we'll have to start considering an extension for you on this show, and we'll see if we can get you that kind of life-changing money that you deserve. I hope so. I hope so. I'll, I'll get my agent on it very, very quickly. All right. We'll have some, some closed-door meetings with him in a smoke-filled room and, and try to knock this thing out, maybe get that done by when we report to podcasting training camp this fall. <laughs> sounds good. That, that sounds good. Maybe we'll, we'll negotiate over a nice cold barley soda. Sounds perfect. Great week of Locked on Vikings. 135 shows under our belt in six months with Sam and Sage at Sam Ekstrom at Sage Rosenfels 18. Sage is going to go get a passport for his daughter, and we're going to sign off on Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Stop thinking that I'm strange.
What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.